Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Tellus back again for another episode of Straight Talk Uncut. This is being recorded on February 5th, 2016. How you doing? So let's go ahead and get started. So this episode, I want to get into a few things, uh, just a few things I've been working through and been going through. Uh, one is trying to, you know, stay, not only stay creative, but stay uh stay focused and stay motivated and what brought that on was you know I, I i spoke on my last episode about being snowed in so you know sometimes when that happens you just want to just do nothing it's cold it, you know it, everything you you can't really go anywhere so um i mean there's there's always reasons that you can find and and sometimes valid reasons to where you can take a day off or where you can take a break, you know, an unscheduled break. It's always good to take breaks and take pauses to sort of reflect and get every, get your mind right. But uh, especially if you married with kids, there's always distractions. There's always, you know, things that come up to throw you off course. So this episode is going to be about just just staying on track. And of course, uh, like I told you in the last one, I want to, you know, like when I find an inspirational quote that it's sort of online or uh, right on target with what I'm thinking about at the time, I'm going to start sharing them on each one of these episodes and let that be the basis of of my uh, of, of the, the recording of the, the, the episode. So this was by Napoleon Hill and it goes like this. Desire is the starting point of all achievement, not hope, not a wish, but a keen pulsating desire, which transcends everything. And I want to add to that, like what, what comes after desire? Like there's, there's a lot of talk about passion, about desire, you know, things like that, but that's, that's not enough. It's not enough just to have a desire to do something. It's not enough to just to have a passion for something. The next step, once you have that desire, once you have that passion, is to take action towards that desire, whatever it is. You got to take action towards. And I've always had the desire part down. Like I've always known, even from an early age, that I wanted to be in, I wanted to be some form of, some, some type of creative. You know, initially, I thought I wanted to be a video game maker. I mean, what kid didn't? And uh, I don't know if I shared this story here about, uh, there was this organization, I think it was like Junior Achievement or something like that, that came to our high school. And it was when I was in 11th grade. And, um, you know, they had the gym set up with all all of these different, like, businesses. And at the time, it was, you really didn't even know of... uh, or I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of like entrepreneurship or, you know, somebody like a self-made person. And, uh, and, you know, in the gym, all the, all the business people were like bankers, uh, school principals. It was, it was the standard stuff, the dentist, doctor, you know, that fireman, policeman, the standard stuff. Right. So they gave us this, this, um, this this chart or this sheet like like a scantron you know like would you fill in bubbles right of all these different career choices and next to the career choices they had 
the potential income of of those careers. And so I'm going, you know, all of us students, we we had to fill this out before we went down to the to the gym to meet all of these, you know, business people. And um and I remember I was going down line I was looking for like game designer. That's what I was looking for, game designer. And I you know, I wanted to be a, but I didn't see anything on there like game designer. I think the clo- the closest thing I saw it was something related to design. I think it was like um not industrial design, but uh, maybe it was industrial design. If I'm if I'm remembering right. But it was something designed. And you know, I I'm I'm thinking in my head game designer. <laughs> and so that was the only thing I saw that said design. And so um I well before I even you know uh checked anything, I told the teacher I was like, "Well, I don't see the thing that I want to do on here." And and he said, uh, well, what is that? And I was like, game designer, you know? And he said, you, you'll never make any money doing game design. And he was like, the closest thing that you should probably want to do is going to something dealing with computers. And I looked on the the, the chart, and now this was back in probably, let's see, I graduated high school in 92. So this, is, this was probably 1991. And um, no, no, it's probably eighty nine, ninety, or maybe ninety nine, one, somewhere in there. Um, but at the top of the list was computer science. The top of that list, the very top thing that, and this this list was according to how much, like the potential income. And at the top, very top, or if not the very top, like number two was computer science. Right, so. And, and and I was thinking to myself, computer science, like I what is it? I, I didn't I had no idea what that is. So I checked it. That's what I checked. And guess what I ended up majoring in college? Computer science. That's what I majored in, right? <laughs> and uh so that just right there, that I had no idea uh, uh that this even existed, you know, computer science. But that's what I ended up majoring in, just based off the conversation I had with that teacher. Who told me that you you know you don't make monies you don't you don't make any money uh, making games, but of course now if you told somebody that now they you they'll probably you know put a straight jacket on you. But so the 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 but I always, I always had that passion to be some kind of creative you know like, um, and and specifically with game design what I wanted to do was. Cause I remember very vividly there was this game. There was I had this system, the ColecoVision, like gaming system. No, actually, it wasn't even ColecoVision. It was called the Atom Computer, made by ColecoVision, right? And it had this game on it, um, Buck Rogers. <laughs> it had this Buck Rogers game, and it was a, it was cassette a cassette driven like computer. I mean, if anyone my age probably remember the Atom Home Computer, um, but I remember the graphics on there. And at the time I was like, man, I bet I, you know, cause I was a big comic book nerd at the time. And I'm, th- I'm looking at the comic books because there was a Buck Rogers comic book. And I'm looking at these graphics. I'm like, this, this crap. And, and, uh, and I just remembering like wanted to be a comic book artist and I wanted to make games based off every comic book. This before like any of those games existed, but I wanted like 
a, you know, a game, a Superman game, a Spider-Man game, a Hulk, incredible Hulk game. So, and, and but I had that click of the Adam computer when I was like in elementary school. So all that time, I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to make games. You know, but by the time I got to high school, of course, games had gotten better. Um, so, but that right there, you know, that, that crushed like my notion of thinking that being a game designer is any sort of possibility. But that doesn't mean, even, and even though I majored in computer science, that doesn't mean that I didn't have the desire. So I had the desire, but the part I fucked up at was the action part, taking action to, to fulfill that desire. And even years later, even years later when I, finally started working my way towards you know being an artist being being a you know i initially started out doing graphic design doing uh photo manipulate that's actually how i got started in photography i started in photography because i wanted i want i want i didn't want to like cut you know take some image from the internet or take some image from some magazine and manipulate i wanted to go out and get my own pictures so I went down to this um, this pawn shop <laughs> right down the street. It was before I had any kids. Me and my wife had uh, just moved in together. I, I was fresh out of the Air Force. I had a contractor job lined up. I, I'm making more money than I ever made. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a camera. But still, being the, being the frugal guy I am, <laughs> I went to the pawn shop because I really didn't know what I want. I had a... The camera I was I had at the time was a Samaco 35, and you can look that up to see what that is. That's an old uh, Japanese camera that I brought back home from Mississippi, and, and that's what I had the whole time I was in the Air Force. Um, that's what I used. In in addition to like a, I had a little point and shoot that I bought at at the uh, at the the BX, just a little, you know, uh, and it was one that I saw. All the uh, actually no, I didn't buy it. I got some some uh, an upperclassman gave it to me when he when he got orders. He gave me this little point and shoot camera that I end up taking pictures, you know, throughout our train. I still got some of those pictures, but um, so when I when I got that contractor job, you know, I got like a little little bonus check and all this, and I was like, you know what, I'm going going out and buy me a. Uh, uh, SLR because the you know this is my first SLR and it was a Pentax if I remember remember right a Pentax ZX50 that's what it was that was my first SLR camera so that's when I you know I I got that just to take pictures so I can manipulate them you know I went out bought that camera um, got a scanner to scan because I, I wasn't even you know I was I wasn't doing any kind of darkroom process so I was taking the pictures getting them process and scanning in the 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 four by sixes that i got and but even still like what i what i got trapped into doing was doing all of this this like planning stuff like planning and researching instead of just even even you know even when i when i took that step to get the 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 camera once i started taking pictures i started falling in love with photography and instead of just keep shooting I, for some reason, I thought I had to have a degree in photography. So I started like taking these little courses and things like that. And then, you know, but, you know, at the time I had a job work 
started getting in the way. And while I had downtime and work, and it, it, like even on my breaks, um, I would I would like research what kind of degree I need to be a photographer. You know what I mean? So you you can see the you can see like the the habit that I was that I started. I have this desire to do something, and then instead of just doing it, I would uh, I would start doing all this planning and researching, and just you know unconsciously. I mean, at the time, you, I'm thinking this is what I should be doing. I should be researching this and studying it instead of just shooting, right? Instead of just going out there and taking pictures. So I, I so I unconsciously start putting all these obstacles in my way taking instead of just taking action towards the thing i want to do you if you want to be a, a fucking photographer go out and take pictures you want to be a writer just write you know so so i mean put it like this and it may may make more sense like say you go you want to work out right you you're going to work out whether it's at the gym or in your basement like i do or whatever and and you you want to work out with dumbbells and in front of you you have a set of 35s you have a set of 45s and you have a set of 55, you know, dumbbell, one of each. Um, I mean, two of each, two of each of, of the 35, 45, and 55. Now, you can you can sit there for, you know, three minutes, like, deciding which ones are you going to use for whatever exercise you're going to do. You can sit there for three minutes to see, you know, is the 35 too light? Is the 55 too heavy? Is the 45 just, are the 45 just right? You can, you can do that for three, five, ten, whatever. Or... You can just fucking slip, simply pick up a set of dumbbells and it's either going to be too heavy, too light, or just right. And you made, and you did you did it in two seconds. You know what I mean? So it, it took me so long to get out of this, like thinking I have to research stuff to like the, you know, it, it, to be an expert on it, to, to be a, a master at it before you can do it. I mean, luckily now I'm I'm past that. I, I don't do that anymore. But I wasted, I mean, so many years doing things that way. And and there's a time to do that. But for the most part, if you're doing something creative, uh, of course you got to out. You got to weigh the risk. You know, like what if if you put if it's like a big financial um, risk that that you you're trying to take. Of course you want to make the best decision, but. If it's if it's just something simply like something you desire to do like a something creative just fucking do it man like here's a perfect example of how I'm not I don't do that now so I've been uh, I've been like assigning these small personal projects to myself and one of them is you know to to do some still lives like and, and it doesn't even matter what the you know still life project is whether it's flowers fruit uh, glassware, bottles of beer, whatever. You know, I'm basically like training myself to see light and to construct light, right? So the way I started was I just I just went down. I, I built a little uh, like a light table set up out of PVC. You know, just a, just a square box that can hold um, any sort of like translucent material or something that I can easily put walls up in on on each side or the top and and just manipulate it the way I want to do but just a just a PVC structure like a cube and um and so matter of fact this morning when I after I finished my workout because this is sort of like off in the same area of the basement that I work out so 
um, when I finished my workout this morning, I was walking past it and my, my set, you know, my light table set up and I, I had, um, uh, I, I was, I had set up my Franken four by five that I converted is a converted, uh, Polaroid land camera of Polaroid land one fifty that I converted to a four by five. And it, and I set it up the previous night, but again, like I say, you know, stuff like when you got a family, you get distracted. But I, so last night I set it up and I was getting ready to shoot some four by fives. And then my daughter called, she was at a, she was at like a little band um, performance, music performance. And I had to go pick her up. And this was like after eight o'clock last night. And then when I got home, you know, by the time I got home from picking her up, her up, it was time to, you know, I, I, we, we usually watch one episode of like some sort of cartoon on TV, you know, with my, with, with my daughters. And then it's time for them to go to bed. So everything was set up. And this morning, you know, like I had in my mind, I'm going to, I'm going to work on it tomorrow, like later in the day. But I worked out, you know, like I said, I get up at three, finish my workout at like three thirty, three, three forty, something like that. And as I was heading out, I was like, you know what? That's already set up. Let me go ahead and snap a few shots. And so I did it just, just like, having in my head what I'm looking for, but really not knowing what to do with it. Right. And, um, and so, and it, and also based off like previous stuff that I had done already, like previous little, little projects and stuff I learned from, um, you know, books that I got from the library after my first initial thing, initial, you know, trying to, to shoot these, um, these different objects. One of the, the, the problem I'm having a time with, is shooting real reflective objects like a you know ref, like a glossy vase and not have like the highlight or the actual reflection of the light source in the damn vase so i sort of knew my problem but i was trying to fix it and and based off what i learned from my first shoots doing this i went out and got a book from the library because i was like okay so i've tried this I know what I want to do. I have in my head what I want to do. As opposed to in the past, I would have done all the research first of how to shoot still life and then go went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and then putting the last thing as the action. You know, it's like the, the, the my your, your desire, my desire was to, to do these still life projects. The second thing should have been taking action. But instead... And that's and that's exactly what I did. But in the past, I would have had the desire to do these still life. Then I would have probably went to the internet, started looking up the most famous still life photographers in the world. But this time, I did a, I did a different approach. I I went down there, shot some still lifes. It was crap, and I was like, why is it crap? <laughs> Not just the light, but just the whole composition. Everything was just wrong. And and but I I still I was still happy because I was like, okay. I, I know how I want it to look. Based off these pictures that I took, it doesn't look like that. Now, how do I go about getting it the way I want it to look, right? So at that point, after I took the action, now it's time to fix the problems. And that's when I went out uh, and, and got some books, you know, got some books based off like still life, not even, not all of my, even photography, this one, one of the, the, uh, the best ones that I have so far, it, it, it not only shows still life, but it, 
it gives the meaning behind some of the, the objects and things and why you put this object here and this object there. And it's called painting, uh, painting sumptuous vegetables, fruits, and flowers in oil. So it's a painting book, but the look that I, that I have in my mind of, of what I want these still lives to be, or like, you know, I have an idea. I, I want it to look painterly. I don't want it to look like product shot. That's another, um, that's another project I'm doing is product shots. Right. And I, and I think I talked about it before, like the difference between product and still life, like product for commercial use. You know, if you get a, if you get commission to take product shots, the lighting behind it, the lighting that's going to differentiate it from, uh, you know, still life, fine art. So I, t I told you about one of the books that I got, it, it was based off lighting, but, uh, that's when I was doing the product shots. And so I got this one book, you know, on painting of how to do still lives. And I also got this book by, um, Harold Feinstein and it, and I, I just discovered him listening to a podcast and he has these collections of books on still life. And the one I got from the library this time is called foliage. And it's, it, it just shows a real simple process and, and his are in color which I, I didn't even think I was going to like, but the way he does color is just awesome, you know? So, so that, that's like, you know, the second, that's what you have to do after you, you, you have your passion and your desire in your mind. Don't immediately think you have to know everything about it. Just, just find the quickest path to actually doing it. So, so that, you know, when I, when I saw that quote, I just, it just brought me back to all of that, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, when you start reflecting on your life, and, and I think that comes with getting older, because I've never reflected on my life, like, you know, like I have since I turned 40. <laughs> when I, after I turned 40, so it was like a switch went off. Something happened, man. I, I, I swear, something happened. And it, it, and I just started on, on like a, a fast paced course to not correct. I mean, you can't correct the past, but to just start doing the things that I should be doing. And, um, and maybe it, maybe it just took, you know, it took me a lot longer. So, so yeah, you know, have that desire, but then take action. Uh, you know, weigh, weigh out your risk first and, and then take action. Like, let, let me, let me tell you another story about a guy who, who, um, who I, I read about who took just, you know, he, he had this desire to do something and then he just did it. And I mean, the, the, the risk he took is kind of crazy. I mean, he just bailed out. He just bailed and set on this, this trek to, um, to bike across the world. His name is, what is his name? Rob Lutter, L U T T E R. Is it, am, am I spelling that right? You, you guys know how I am with names. Yeah. Rob Lutter. Right, so he was in these jobs, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing because I actually it was a podcast that I that I heard about him from. I think I'm pretty sure it was an interview that I heard, yeah, on a podcast. So he was in these jobs, and you know his life just wasn't going where where he he wanted to go. So um, I can't remember how he he wasn't. He's not even like a biker or anything, but I think he he saw someone that was a cyclist. And thought, 
cycling will be a good way to either exercise or to like clear his mind or something like that. But anyway, he 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 went out and bought a camera. Uh, I think he I think I'm not sure if it he you know how much he researched, but yeah, he just went and bought a, like a Canon 5D. He he bought a bicycle, not even like a touring bicycle, because I remember him saying in the interview that the bike he has is not even meant for doing what he's doing. He just went out and bought, you know, based off pretty much finances, he had to buy the bike he could buy along with the camera he could buy. And but anyway, long story short, he he started out on this trek to uh, now actually he didn't even start on the trek. He just started biking and taking pictures. But then that grew into this bigger thing. Like he didn't really plan it. You know, like he, he talked about this one time where I can't remember where he was, but he was in this desert. He realized he didn't bring enough water. He didn't have like a, a lot of water. He had food, but he didn't even think about water. And he was dehydrated. And I think he came across these uh, these like nomads or, or like farm people in this desert who, who sort of had to hydrate him. But he just he just set out on his thing, and now he's like um, he got all these supporters. He has all these people supporting him, do- donating water. Donating. I even think he has like a Kickstarter project or something like that. But this is this is not something he planned to do. It just he just he just had a passion to do something, and once he once he started doing it, then it became a thing. You know what I mean? Then it became. Like, um, you know, of course he had started planning then once he started doing it. But what, what if he, what if he started planning? It probably would have scared the shit out of him to, to, you know, if he, if he had looked and started planning too much, it, 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 it cause to me, it's just like, even now looking at what he's done, it, it's like it, it crazy. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. Like I, one of the things I want to do is with me and my family is just to take a road trip with no with no planning which is totally opposite you know you've heard you hear these the stories of like if you you can't you can't know where you're going if you don't have a road map to to to, to get there you know and, and I've I've said it myself and I do believe in it I I, I believe like you you got to have a a plan um in the long run but just depending on if the risk is not great, just just start, just get started. You know, like if I if I had planned too much about um, doing these still life projects or like I normally do, I probably would have came across some of these awesome photographers that I discovered since then and been like, you know what, my work would never look like that, so why even bother? How many times have you said that? You know, you're doing something and then you start looking at other people's stuff and then you say, man. This this dude is he's he's been doing it ninety years, <laughs> you know. You see the photographer whose story. Well, my first camera was when I was three, and then you was like, well, I only been doing it ten years, so I never, I, you know. He 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 started at three, now he's eighty five. I never be a garden parks, you know. I never be him. So and and that's the way I used to think in the past. I used to I would look at, um. You know, like I would go to the the Garden of the Gods is one of the, one of the uh, national parks here. Is it a park or monument? It's one of the historic places here, Garden of the Gods, Colorado. And there was this guy, um, Friedman. He did, man. He did. He has these books 
on like he's probably the most as far as I know the most world renowned the most renowned Colorado photographer who's documented Colorado through photography and I remember like discovering him a long time ago when I had this idea of uh, you know doing this doing this photo story of Colorado when I saw his work I was like man no I mean he's already done it you know and, and I and I like talk myself out of it. So sometimes you just gotta just get going, just 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 get started. I think I've uh, <laughs> I think I've hit that point home. Next, I want to talk about like once you get started, um, you know, once you start taking action, then what? One of the things that I usually run into is like, um, how can I be unique? Like I just told you how. You know, you if you, I mean, everything's pretty much been done. So how can you do something, or have an you know an idea that somebody's already done, but make it yours, right? And there's a few uh, pretty pretty good resources, pretty good. I'll say pretty good resources that uh, you can take ideas from on on how to not only get started, not only stay unique, but to stay focused, to stay motivated doing it. Uh, according to Pablo, Pablo uh, story by Pablo Picasso, he one of the things he did was he worked backwards. Um, you know, he started at the end, and then like went into reverse, almost like a, a like a you know like a Columbo mystery. <laughs> you know, Columbo. Well, actually, not that Columbo wouldn't be a good a good uh, a good example because Columbo they show you the murder in, right in the beginning, maybe like a. A Matlock? Yeah, Matlock, because Matlock usually start and you don't know who did it. It did Matlock is figuring out, right? Is that Matlock? Yeah. They they show the murder, but they don't show who did it. And then the whole time is trying to figure out who did it. Columbo, they know who you start out, they know who did it. They show you who did it. Matter of fact, each episode starts out with the guy scheming or the girl, the woman scheming figuring out the you know co to commit the crime the crime or the precipice in which she's gonna or he's gonna commit the crime but uh pablo picasso says you know let's let's go backwards start at the end start with that end idea like like for me with my still life project i have the idea i have what i want it to look like so now it's time now what i'm doing is going back trying to de deconstruct how how I'm going to get to that. So, you know, and, and, but I'm going to add to this. You have to do something first. You know, you how can you can't work backwards until you have an idea of what what you want it to look like in in mind. You know what I mean? Like um like if if you got a if you have a personal project in mind that you want to do, once you start it, you're going to get an idea of, okay, I know what I want it to look like, and then start building backwards from, from there. You know, then at that point, then you can get the research. Like, one, like again, one of, the, one of the problems I'm having is how to light reflective objects without the light source showing up on that object. That's, that's the thing I'm working around, or, you know, around now. Or you can do like uh, Stephen King. You can do like Stephen King and set daily quotas. And I'm, and I'm going to add to this. Like, 
I have daily quotas, but I also have uh, I have monthly quotas, and that's simply because I don't want to beat myself up for for missing a daily quota. <laughs> if that makes sense, but I mean that's what you got to do. Like pretty much set a quota for yourself, set a set a hard fast quota, and then stick to it, and make it don't make it too easy. Make it make it reasonable. Make it like you know something you have to work towards towards keeping. Don't make it too easy, you know. Um, like one of mine's is like in in this at the time I was thinking, is it does this sound too easy? Like one of mine is have ten solid images at the end of each month. Ten, like ten. That don't mean I'm only gonna take ten images a month. That means out of all my photography I do for the month, I gotta have ten solid images on what you know, like on my projects have 10 images that I can submit to a contest. That's one of the, qu the quotas I have for myself. That's just one of them. I have others. Um, so, you know, create a quota for yourself and stick to it. You, don't, you know, don't make it too easy to wear. Like, you know, it, it, why, why make it if, if it's that easy? Like, make it to where you still have to push yourself. Uh, if you you know if you like in Stephen King's instance, if you're a writer, if you're a writer, I think he writes. Uh, what do you say he writes? He have a quota to write. I'm just reading his article, like two thousand words a day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he write two two thousand words seven days a week. So every day, he writes two thousand words. That's about ten pages. He writes every single day without a day off. So. Even though my um, my goal is to have ten images a day, I mean ten images a, a month. My my one of my daily goals is just just to shoot every day, to shoot, to to work on one of my projects every day. And 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 how I had to add to that to make it harder was not just shoot it and then leave it in the camera. I have to shoot it, download it to light up, upload it, import it to Lightroom, and analyze the images. And um. And with with my film, you know, like I said, I still work with film. Is to process a roll, or in the case of my four by five, I shoot paper negatives. You know, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting now, paper negatives. Um, it's to process a roll of film and my four by fives once a week. You know what I mean? That way, that way, I don't get too caught up into one thing, either digital or photography. That's way that way I'm working. I'm still getting both of those experiences throughout the week, you know, ongoing. And the reason why I do that is because the digital is like I, I understand it. So sometimes I move too quickly, uh, you know, doing it. I, I move too quickly doing it with all of these, uh, like with anticipation. Like, like I sort of know. What I'm, what I'm going to get, and there's really not a lot of mystery. Of course, there's mystery with the lighting as I work my way through trying to light different different setups. But there's no mystery to importing it, to looking at it, to actually know what I'm what I'm going to do to develop it in the you know in Lightroom. But with the film, every time I do it, I have to slow down, uh, especially using the camera that I'm using. It's not meant for for any sort of, you know, for film, it's, it's, it's a Polaroid. It's a Polaroid camera that I converted. So 
I have to slow. If, eventually, I'm going to get a four by five uh, uh, view camera. But I, you know, again, I, I figure if if I can take some good, get some good images with this. Once I get a four by five, I should be that much, f you know, further. So I could have waited. Actually, that's actually what I started doing. I started. I wanted to go into. I wanted to start doing film, and then I started researching four by five cameras, and I started going deep and deep and deep, and then. I was like, do, what What do I want to spend on it? What's the best one? And and then I came across a guy who's like, hey, you want an easy way to experiment with 4x5? Buy a cheap uh, land camera and convert it. And that's what I did. Once I saw that, I was like, boom, on Craigslist. The next day, I was up in, uh, I found a guy who had one. He was selling it for like 25. I actually bought two. I bought, a, I bought one for 120 film, which is a, a, a what is it, a 90... 95B, 95, no, it's an 80A, 80A, uh, Polaroid Land 80A that I, I converted to 120, and then the Polaroid 150 I converted to uh, 4x5. And I bought the 80A for $10. <laughs> $10 and no money into converting. I had everything I needed here to convert it, which is not, the only thing you have to do is put a, take up, find some kind of way to take up the film and then drill a hole to see the the number count on the back of the 120 film. And then with the uh the 150, the Polaroid Land 150, he I think he wanted like 45 bucks for it and I told him I'd give him 15. And and that was it. And then when I what was funny is when I got it uh after I got home he he texted me. He said, "What are you planning on doing with the camera?" And then I told him I'm converted uh to a 4x5. No, no, actually he asked me do they still make film for that camera? And I, I text him back, no, you know, but I'm going to convert it to a four by five. He's like, all right, good luck. So, so for twenty five bucks, you know, I'm into, I mean, I, I'm able to experiment with film. I mean, since then I bought a, a, a Zeiss Icon, one twenty, and I've been experimenting with that. But that's that's what film gets me to slow down and to, and to go back to that that stuff that digital takes care of for you. It makes you lazy. You know what I mean? Like dig digital make makes you lazy. The same way, um, the same way a lot of, a lot of technology, technology is awesome and I'm all for technology, but a lot of times technology makes you lazy. Um, so, so that's what I, you know, I have, I have set quotas to, to make sure I'm, 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 I'm engulfed into each aspect of that creativity, whether it's digital, film, um, you know, my personal projects, and and you know, to to have a quota for that, so I'm always doing something with it, right? Or you can go like Aaron Einstein, and um, again, we're talking about how to how to stay unique, how to how to stay creative, how to not let your mind. Uh, get too inundated with all the stuff that you, that quote has been done already. Whatever Einstein used to do. And I had to look this up. He had this thing called, I'm, I'm not sure if he created, but it's called, um, combine, combinatory. Is that it? Yeah. Combinatory play, combinatory play. Right? So here, here's the, the short of it. You, you take 20 things, you just randomly, uh, take 20 things, objects, 20, whatever, just 20 
obscure things that don't relate to each other. And in this example, say you, you take 10 things, you put them on one column, 10 things, you put them into another column. So you have column A, column B, totaling 20 items, right? And then what you do is you take an item from column A, you draw a line to an item from column B and see what you have. And you and this it's almost similar to this one thing that I, I, I used to do called the um, I think it's called like the creative triangle to where you make a triangle and then you list the topic on each one of the triangles and then you sort of sort of mishmash those things to come up with something totally unique. And and in this article it gave the example of H2O, right? The the idea of like if you if you didn't if you didn't have mixed those two th two things, um, you know, hydrogen and oxygen, to combine and then make something totally totally new, which is water. Like who who would who would have thought of that? You know what I mean? Like like how you know how like how unreasonable does that seem that you're gonna have hydrogen and then you're going to have oxygen, two gases, but then when combined, they make something totally different. So imagine if you did that, like when you either, either if you're trying to come up with a personal project or you hit a wall on creativity. When I, when I saw that article, I was like, Oh, that's something I can totally add to my arsenal of, uh, ways to come up with, with creative things. I'm not going to lie. A lot of stuff I come up with is from my kids. <laughs> a lot of times my kids would dry. Like if you saw my, my office now, I have all the pictures and little, little things that my daughters draw and, and create all this little stuff that they create. You know, I mean, all of my office, I, I don't care. It is like, it's, it doesn't coordinate. <laughs> it's a mishmash. Matter of fact, I had one of my daughters come come here the other day. She like, uh, Dad, you only have this many of my things, but you have, you know, it's like they compare now. They're coming here and they just stop and look around and sort of count how many things of theirs that I have up. And then I can guarantee the weekend I'm going to have something new to hang up. But also the stuff that I think, I mean, they don't understand it because kids, they're just creative. They don't, they don't, they don't really get if they do something that's remarkable. You know what I mean? They, you know, I like, they, they don't really get it cause, cause it's just inherent in them. They, they, they're just doing what they naturally do. But me as, as being an old dude, I can look at it and like, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, that stuff I actually put into like a portfolio. I don't hang it up cause I don't want to get dusty or get messed up. And so the, the one daughter who, who was saying that, I told her, I was like, I got a whole nother portfolio of your, of your work. Um, so that I get a lot of inspiration from my kids. A lot of things from, from them, like even, even a word, something they'll say that's so funny and they don't like, sometimes they don't realize they think I'm laughing at them. Like me and my wife, they, they, my kids will say something or do something and we'll crack up laughing and they'll be like, what's funny. They think we making fun of them, but it, the shit is hilarious to us. And they don't even realize because they just being them, you know, it's just being themselves. And, uh, and me and my wife end up laughing harder, <laughs> laughing, just cracking up because they don't even realize how like 
funny and cute, the, the shit they come out of their mouth, you know? But I get a lot of inspiration from them, you know? Just, I mean, they're just a ball all the time. They're just filled with all of this. Just, it's natural to them, you know? And, and that's, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, when does that leave us? Like, well, I guess when the when the real world happens, that's when all that leaves you. But anyway, so so those are three things that uh, that you can do to, you know, keep focused to to stay up, you know, stay up on your game and and, and don't even, you know, think if you know if something's been done, don't even think about that. Just do you want to do it or not? Do you have a passion to do it? Do you have a desire to do that project, to to create that thing? Just do it and then go about it. Uh, by putting your own thing into it, and, and and you know these are three awesome ways that you can start a new project or something, you know by either working backwards, setting a um, you know whether it's daily, monthly, just setting a quota, setting a goal for yourself like a strict. No matter what, I have to do this this many times, or you know just set a quota for yourself. Um, and then, you know, use that common, commonary, common, that's a weird word, combinatory, combinatory play, combinatory, <laughs> combinatory play. You can do that, you know, where you pretty much mishmashing, you know, you're taking these random things and then, you know, making them to each uh, two separate columns and then just drawing lines to them and seeing what happens. I may try to do that this week. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna add this to because one of the things with my still life is trying to figure out what goes with what. So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this common combinatory combinatory play to figure out what I want to put with what. So right there. All right, is that it? Is that what all I want to talk about on this uh, on this episode? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. What? What? How much time am I at? Let me let me check it. Did I go over thirty minutes? Oh yeah, I'm over thirty minutes. Anyway, thank you guys for coming back to listen to me ramble on on this edition of Straight Talk Uncut. Um, I, you know, I appreciate the, the you know the listeners who who's ever listening. And remember, on SoundCloud, you can always leave comments on the timeline, or uh, you know iTunes or you can go to the website straighttalkuncut.com or just send me a send me an email if you have something to say if you got a uh, you know if you if you have something you want to ask me something you want me to talk about if you have a critique if you have some criticism whatever you know just don't be a dick don't be like uh even or even if you have something I said wrong if I if you need to correct me on something Something that matters. Don't don't fucking you know send me no email correcting me on something that don't matter. Um, but if you have something constructive, yeah, shoot me an email. Tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. And like I always say, I don't know much, but what I do know, I talk straight about. Until the next episode, hey, talk to you guys later.